This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, October 1st. 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If it's Tuesday, that can mean only one thing. Dwayne Long is here. Dwayne, how goes it? <laughs> the high state's best team in the country, so I'm in a good mood. Yeah, things are going quite well. Words like hyperbole and disclaimer are getting a lot of run on the site, and it's to be expected. We've got plenty to get to. Dwayne's going to give us a quick look back at Nebraska. We're going to talk recruiting, and then we're going to get a good look at Michigan State coming up. Dwayne, we all do predictions for the game. Nobody predicted what happened in Lincoln. Now that you've had a couple of days to stew over the greatness, what's your vibe? I, my my opinion has not really changed. Ohio State is the best, the most complete team in the country. Look at the stats stand for themselves. Ohio State is is a, a top ten offense, a top ten defense. I don't know if they have special teams in there anywhere, but the, everything is clicking from the coaching staff down. It's just the best team in the country, and they showed it Saturday. This was supposed to be a game. If you watch the the build up going in, it seemed like. So many of the pundits around the country had it in their heads that this was an upset game. This is a game you need to watch because you're going to see something happen. And Ohio State just, they scored on the first six possessions. They intercepted uh, Martinez three of their first four drives, I think it was. It's it's just utter domination in the place that they were going in. It was supposed to be hostile. If if Nebraska wasn't up for this game, then they're not they're done. They might as well call it a season. You know, I say just went in and kicked them around the field. Just you know, the game was over at halftime. So uh, you know, if, if you could see the difference in the teams by the end of the first three or four drives, it was okay. This it's not about whether Nebraska can pull the upset, it's how bad is Ohio State going to beat them. So uh, I could not be happier with what happened. Best team in the country. It's truly amazing what the defense has done, has done year to year. I said on this show several times, I think I said it on Bucknuss almost live over the weekend on Sunday morning, I've never seen a unit with largely the same personnel come back and play that much better. So clearly it was a coaching issue. But the other unit that may not be getting as much praise as it deserves for how much more improved they are is the offensive line. I would ask everybody to go back and just watch the first few drives of the game from this past weekend. 
it is unbelievable what they're doing to Nebraska. Nebraska is a big-time program now with heavily recruited players, and the offensive line is treating them like a bunch of eighth graders. I am telling you, there is a play in there from Josh Myers where he pulls to the right. He hits number seven and knocks him back eight yards. And as the guy is staggering backwards, trying to get on his feet, Myers buries him 10 yards downfield. It literally was one of the only times I've ever seen a block. And I said this involuntarily made me scream, holy shit, out loud. And I'm sorry for the adult content there, but i got to keep it real here. Talk about the offensive line for a minute. I know you like offensive line play. I could not be more impressed. How could you be? How that They're dominating everybody they're going up against. And Myers and Wyatt Davis, these two just, I say this every now and then on the site, offensive linemen that like to play football. Well, what do offensive linemen do? They knock people down. And these guys really enjoy playing football. They're just kicking the hell out of people, just throwing them around. Sayer Mumford, I'm telling you, the guy is, if he's not a first-round pick, then this is the best year for offensive linemen in recent memory, offensive tackles. They're just, we have not seen this kind of offensive line. I, 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 I can't find a year, I probably would have to go back to the John Cooper, his best offensive lines when, uh, when you know, uh, a, a guy like Orlando Pace was here and Corey Stringer and, and those kind of guys to find a offensive line that was more dominating or as dominating. So but, but those two guys there in the middle, they're younger guys. And uh, what they're doing to people is just utter destruction. And when they pull, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody is going to be looking at the sideline and tapping his helmet. They are all about destruction. They don't just want to be effective. They want to dominate. So, uh, you know, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. And we've got depth, too. There are several guys, if somebody is, is winded, uh, if somebody got hurt, let's not even go there. But we've got some depth. And we haven't had depth on the offensive line. But I, 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 it makes me cringe thinking about Jim Bowman saying he likes working with small groups. And he had to have the same guys on the field because he didn't have enough guys at all. He didn't have enough guys to start with. So this is just something uh, to savor. To lend credence to your comment on the depth there, the Offensive Player of the Week in Nebraska was Joshua Allaby, the backup right tackle. There cannot be a better backup offensive lineman in the country than Joshua Allaby, especially given the experience he's had at multiple positions. So he's an absolute luxury. Okay, Dwayne, here's my hyperbolic statement for the day. I've made two big ones over the last few weeks, and they, I think, are going to end up being proven out correctly. One was, and they're both about Justin Fields, one was he's going to get picked in the draft before Trevor Lawrence when it comes around. And by the way, there was an article written about that this week, and Dane Brugler said as much as possible. And Dane Brugler from The Athletic knows the draft better than anybody. My second one was that 
relatively speaking, Justin Fields is the John Elway of his generation. I'm not saying he's going to turn out to be John Elway, but I'm telling you from a physical perspective, his combination of skills and body type, relatively, let's make Haskins Marino, Fields is Elway. I, I just don't see that as being crazy. Some of the throws he's making, I mean, the last two weeks, uh, he has hit, he hit Ben Victor a week ago <clears throat> at the back of the end zone. And 20. there was, it, it was just, it had to be perfect. It was a perfectly thrown ball. There's, there was just wasn't room for any error. And he hit him perfectly. And he just did it again this week with, uh, you know, you could actually say two of the throws, even though Mac made a, just a great play. But he hit Wilson this past weekend with a throw that you have to make exact. And he did just that. So, you know, he's a guy that, that absolutely, I think he's getting better throwing the ball. He's, he's, he's being more accurate. Uh, you know, he was always pretty accurate. But just in the last couple of weeks, everything is right on the money like Haskins, just right there where a receiver can make a play. Uh, the throw to K.J. Hill was perfect for the touchdown. So, uh, and no, that's that's not crazy. He's throwing the ball so well and getting better as the weeks go on. And then you add the running element. That, to me, is just and he's being so smart with his running, Dan. He's not exposing himself. He's not taking hits. He's getting out of bounds. He's getting on the ground when he when you know it's time to plays over, quit on it, get down. So it's got me less nervous about him running around out there. And when he's running, uh, you know, I, I said in in uh, my post game review, it's like having a H back, uh, a smaller tight end. But he's as fast as a receiver. What do you do about him as a defensive coordinator? You want to get to him. You don't want him throwing the ball. But if he gets outside the pocket, oh, my, you've still got a major problem because it's like one of the receivers has the ball and he's running around. So right now, uh, if you would take Trevor Lawrence, the way Lawrence is throwing the ball right now over fields, you're probably not going to be a general manager or coach for very long. You're, you're making really bad decisions. He's not a running quarterback. Anyone who says that about Justin Fields hasn't watched him play. He's not. Most of the time they say running quarterback, it just means there's a problem with your release or your run first guy. He may have a tendency to run, but the idea that he's a running quarterback, that's just false. His, his arm and his mechanics are, are, are pretty pure. Here's my new hyperbolic statement for today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chase Young, Jeffrey Okuda, Garrett Wilson, and Josh Myers 
are all the best at their position at Ohio State in recent memory and will be in the pros. So basically we're saying here, Young over the Bosas, Okuda over the New Orleans Saints, Josh Myers over Elfline, Lindsley, Price, Jordan, and Garrett Wilson over McLaurin, Campbell, I can't say Michael Thomas. Let's say second to Michael Thomas or, or tied. Your thoughts? Uh, when you threw the tie in there, Michael Thomas, you, you, you won me over. Uh, look at the catches the kids made so far. It's Chris Carter-like. Just his ability to go up and make a catch even when somebody's draped all over him. Look at the, the those those big time back shoulder catches he's making. Well, where are the flags? He's being interfered with on every one of them. He's still making a catch. And then you add the, the returns in there. I mean, if he was playing seventy five, eighty percent of the game, you know, on the field, we got so many receivers right now, you've got to spread it around a little bit. Uh, how many catches would he have? How many catches would he have before the end of the season? How many touchdowns? He's he's is he still eighteen probably, and he's you know just not even physically mature yet. And what he's doing is dominating veteran defenders. Dwayne, also, like, when that ball was punted to him the first time it was in the air, I hadn't seen him return the ball yet, and I'm like, this is a touchdown. That feeling goes through you when you see him. Now, he didn't score. That was a couple weeks ago. Keep in mind, and listen, there's no question Michael Thomas is being compensated as such, but Michael Thomas did not look like this at 18 years old. Keep in mind, Michael Thomas registered as a junior. Garrett Wilson is doing this as a true freshman. He just moves differently than the other people on the field. He hasn't even added like his old man strength that comes in your early 20s. I've just been so impressed with that guy, hence the hyperbole. What do you think of the Myers call? I, I think it's accurate for, for one thing. He's just more athletic. Uh, he may have trouble tracking people, getting his feet moving with, with what his eyes are seeing uh, as far as uh, pass protection. I think that's why he's not a tackle. He could definitely move well enough to play tackle. There's no question. He just was having trouble uh, doing the transition from what he sees to what his feet are going to do. Uh, and that put him inside. But uh, he's a massively strong kid, and he moves so well. And uh, he enjoys playing football. He likes knocking people around. I saw the block you're talking about. Uh, I saw him do the same thing against a number seven from Indiana. He hit him and knocked him five yards, and then the kid fell for another five yards. And uh, just those kind of things are just <laughs> he's he's just a physically dominating monster. Uh, and and it's not crazy, no, not at all, Dave. No, that may be the most accurate one. Uh, also, Akuda is just a, a physical masterpiece. He's even Marshawn Lynch was uh, was pretty close to the NFL prototype. So, uh, excuse me, Lattimore was uh, uh, pretty close to an NFL physical prototype. Well, Akuda is. 
and then he's got he's got the skill level to go on top of that. So uh, and, and another thing like uh, Lattimore is he's he's physical. He's going to come up and play the run. He's going to hit people. Yeah, that one absolutely accurate. Speaking of offensive linemen and the pros, as we were talking about Myers, um, anybody who watched the Steelers play the Bengals last night, Cameron Hayward can be arrested for Buckeye on Buckeye crime for what he did to Mike Jordan. That was not an alumni effort at all. Good gracious. All right, let's talk recruiting. Jacoby Cowan, defensive lineman from North Carolina, is going to commit on Friday. The Crystal Balls will tell you he is going to be a Buckeye. 24-7 sports lists him as a defensive tackle. He's about six foot five and 280 pounds. He claims he wants to play defensive end. If you watch his high school film, he never lines up at tackle. What's your thoughts on the possibility of adding Cowan to the fold? Well, it's it's just one of those years, Dan. It's not a good year for defensive line. Really, not good at all. So, but you got to get some guys in here. You, you got to take some guys. We're going to defensive linemen are going to go early. We're going to lose Chase Young. There's, there's no doubt about that. We've lost defensive ends for the last couple of years. Both poses went early. Chase Young went early. You've got to replenish the shelves. So, uh, you know, you take the kid. He's Any other year, maybe you tell him, uh, we'll get back to you. But uh, this year, you he's one of the better guys out there. Get him in here. Coach him up. Get him in the weight room, and he's going to be a tackle. He may want to. Eventually, they're going to tell him, okay, well, uh, you can play defensive end. You can play defensive end for five years here if you want to, but you're not going to get on the field until you move down the tackle. And that is the reality. Uh, you know, people want to talk about that. Uh, nobody, they're not, they don't force anybody to move position. They just tell them, okay, well, uh, all right, you stay where you want to. You want to stay where uh, at, at a certain position? You go ahead, but we got people ahead of you. You move down, or move over here, or we're, we're going to see you get on the field. And that's what a 280-pound high school kid. By the time Nick gets done with him, he's going to be 300 or, or a little more, and uh, he's going to be a tackle. That's who we don't care. <laughs> we get a quality uh, football player out of it. What position he plays doesn't really matter that much. So uh, <clears throat> he let him come in as it is, and if he could make it make it uh, happen there, fine. But he's probably going to move down the tackle at some point when, if he really wants to play. I see it the same way. Perhaps the biggest recruiting news of this weekend could come Saturday night. Obviously, a night home game. You're going to have a lot of visitors. One of them will be C.J. Stroud, quarterback from Rancho Cucamonga, California. He won the Elite 11. He was the MVP there. He will be visiting. Keep in mind, Ohio State already has a quarterback in the class in Jack Miller. But it does seem like with the expansion of the numbers over the 25 supposed hard cap that no longer exists, that they're going to get two quarterbacks in the class. What's your vibe on Stroud? Oh, I love what I've seen of him on film. Uh you know, just forget about the Elite 11 thing. That has kind of been like the bad curse. It's just not – we haven't seen quarterbacks be the number one at the Elite 11, and still uh, they, they – you know, we have not seen greatness come out of that. But uh, 
I love what I see of this kid. He's got the arm. He moves very well. Moves very well. Uh, and, and you got to recruit quarterbacks like this now. Transfer portal has changed everything. Guys are just not going to stick around. What quarterback plays? And you're just not going to be able to stack quarterbacks like you used to. You take two, you're going to keep one. That's just the way you. That's the way you got to go at it. And uh, we got another problem here, Dan. Uh, Miller's inability to stay healthy is a concern. Uh, you say, well, he's going to be all right. Uh, are you sure about that? I'm not. He just can't stay. I love Jack Miller. I love Jack Miller. Big pass, a big strong uh, pocket passer. Uh, but he can't stay healthy. And if you're getting knocked around in high school and taking taking knocks, uh, what's going to happen when you get up here and uh, <clears throat> some uh, grown man is hitting you on a regular basis? I'm just very concerned about his ability to stay healthy. And mostly, though, the, the transfer portal, portal has you, you take two, keep one. It's definitely become an interesting scene at quarterback. We will follow it this weekend. We will have the best recruiting guys in the business all over it. Okay, to the game. Michigan State comes in a three-touchdown underdog. Last year, Ohio State went to East Lansing and won 26-6, but that game was 9-6. Going into the fourth quarter, Michigan State was unable to run the ball at all. They passed the ball 48 times. The workie was replaced by Rocky Lombardi. Cody White, the receiver, had 115 yards receiving. They bring back the same cast of characters. Cody White and Daryl Stewart on the edges are good receivers. Lewerke is at quarterback. They are 3-1. and one. Your vibe on this weekend's date with the Spartans? Uh, I, I'm not really worried about this game. They just, the defense, uh, Ohio State's defense is dominating, and they just don't have much. I've watched them. I've watched two full games. Uh Michigan State is just not a very good offensive football team. Their offensive line, they're going to have to start pulling people out of the stands if they take another injury. Uh, I'm, I'm not worried about this game. they got a good defense. I'm going to be real interested to see how uh, we uh, we handle their defense, uh, especially up front. If we can dominate Michigan State uh, defensive line, that we are even better than I thought we were. I do think the spread is going to be covered. Should be a fun night in the shoe. Have a good one, Bucknutters. <laughs>